0: breakfast puppies
1: welcome to have movies will game the only podcast on the globe where we take you our friendly listener through the best and worst movies of yesterday and today and then discuss ways that you can play them at your gaming table In every episode, our intrepid hosts, Matthew, Dusty, and Nathaniel, will filibuster fondly over facts and feelings of your favorite films and then get to the glorious gaming goodness, giving Game Masters great gimmicks on generating golden genius. Have Movies Real Game, brought to you through the electronic wonder of the Internet. Now, let's start the show!
2: I am going to let you all down right now. I've never read this book. It's fine. We're doing oh, okay. the movie. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. The movie is vastly different than the book.
2: Yeah, that's what I've heard. But not, anyway, people are always like, oh, not, what? You haven't read it? Oh, you should ditch the movie and watch, read the book. I'm like, uh eh, I don't
4: no, know. The not, movie was fun. I mean, fun. Not, not terribly. It's it's really hard to take a book and make it into a movie, especially when there's a lot of thinking and behind-the-scenes description. The The, the main source that you're missing from book to movie is power armor. Yeah, that was a, that was a big thing. Like, humans can't fight bugs like that. Yeah. Not, not not with a modern gun. Which <laughs> well, those those guns shot fucking bullets. I well, mean, those, du- so. those
2: guns weren't doing too good of a job
1: anyway. Yeah.
4: And by the way, we're talking about uh Starship Troopers. Yay. Robert Heinlein's amazing some call fascist piece of fiction. It's fantastic. I
3: love it. Well, that's that's what Verhoeven said. He was like, he was he got about Verhoeven. he got about a chapter and a half into the book and said, <laughs> I can't finish reading this. And he had the screenwriter tell him the rest of the story and then they made the movie off of just what the screenwriter told him god what a twat so the movie is like loosely loosely based on heinlein's book as i know you're a big a much larger fan of it than i am yeah you know and as a
4: person who appreciates science fiction hi i'm matthew
3: and i'm dusty and i'm nathaniel and you're listening to have movies Will Game. So this came out in 1997, if you guys remember, in uh, early November of 1997. Saw it in the theater, I do yep. remember. And it initially had a cast of no-name actors, more or less, plus Neil Patrick Harris, who at that time was just off of Doogie Howser and a couple other things. Yeah. And uh, it's about basically- He hadn't become Neil Patrick Harris, who he is today yet. No, no, not not yet. And apparently, because of the character that he becomes in in the movie, uh, and, and there's there's the whole nod to you know Nazism in the movie. There's what the nod to Nazism. Like What's the, the outfits, nod to Nazism? The oh, outfits, outfit? the, fas- the fascism.
2: Yeah. His
4: end movie outfit now, you was see, I, I think straight that's, up. That's just SS. Hugo Boss. I mean,
3: <laughs> they called him uh, uh, Dude, Hugo Boss is sold in
4: downtown Portland.
3: I know that they called they called him Doogie Himmler. Apparently, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So the movie is about a, a just a, a war on bugs, basically, which is <laughs> so much uh, as the war on drugs. Well, the the book when that's I a stretch man I, yeah the, the <laughs> book the, the the bugs when I when I read it what I took it away was and you can correct me if I'm wrong was that the the bugs were communism that's that's what they were fighting are you talking about the book or the movie the book okay. I- can't even contribute. And apparently I've already upset Matthew. No, you just... Disappointed you?
4: Okay, so Matthew, give
3: us a <laughs> rundown. be so wrong?
4: <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> real time. quick,
2: give us a rundown of the book. What's it about?
4: It's, it's, a, it's a training story. It's, it's an idea. Like a lot of uh, Heinlein books, it, it goes into what a society is. How, how can you make people involved in their society? And the preface of this book was that it had to be earned. It wasn't something that was just granted. In order to affect a change or make a decision in this society, you had to earn it through selective service or through, um, you know, military service. That's what the book was about, set against a backdrop of a ridiculous bug war with peewee nukes and power armor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there was no love story. There was mm. no shower scene. That's a damn shame. Well, cause, yeah. Cause... Though I do like how in, how in the movie they use that to show what everyone was, why everyone wanted to serve while we were all distracted with boobs, so it got right into our cerebellum.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was a very nice distraction. With the
4: filters (laughs) with the disguise of boobs and lodged right in the back of the brain, and that's smart filmmaking right there.
3: Apparently, the the actress who played Diz was the only person in that scene who had a problem with being naked, so she told the uh, camera director... And the director of the movie, listen, I will do this scene only if both of you get naked, thinking that she would bluff them out of having to do the scene. And they stripped down. They're like, okay, (laughs) no big deal. And Verhoeven said that he was okay with just taking his clothing off and the the camera operator. So which one was Verhoeven? The director. Director? Yeah, which one was he in the shot, Dusty? No, no, he he wasn't in the shot. Well, he was, you know, behind the camera directing. That's dumb. <laughs> and then the camera operator had grown up in a nudist colony. So it was no big deal for him.
4: <laughs> okay. Fucking yeah. Hollywood. Am I right? <laughs> you know, as
3: interesting as Dizzy was, and
4: she, you know,
2: she was just cute. And her, her story was very tragic. I want to talk a little bit about Carmen.
4: Carmen Kent Act? Mm. Sure. Carmen yeah. was the worst oh yeah she Mm -hmm. was awful not just the worst actress will only take you so far The
2: worst character how did a person that psychotic get a pilot's license why did they let her fly anything and her level of insubordination the things that she just did oh i just replanned our entire traveling course and cause them to be in,
3: in the in the line and, of an and asteroid, like, and the
2: captain's like, "You saved us," and I'm like, "No, she didn't. No, she, no, she did put this. you there. She put you there. You're fucked because of her." Earth is fucked because of her. And let's talk about Earth being fucked for a minute. All the ships that they could afford to build, that massive battle fleet, all the weapons, Mm -hmm. all of the power that they had, and they couldn't
3: build an orbital defense system? Oh, the barrier that was around the moon, the station that was around the whole moon that had massive cannons? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, and the asteroid just appeared and took out a city?
3: Come on. They would have seen it. They would have known that asteroid was coming That's an extinction-level event.
2: Yeah oh yeah yeah an asteroid just takes out a city no that's a fuck nuclear winter my friends like everything none of that made any sense whatsoever i'm I gonna would,
4: say star blazers did it better how i've never seen star blazers <sighs> he's <laughs> never read all of Heinlein, you've never seen star blazers
3: I, i've read a <laughs> good <laughs> amount of Heinlein, not everything but a good amount What in star blazers 70s uh yeah star that's blazers. why i haven't seen it
4: uh, yeah, well, Kurosawa, you know, that's all modern. Um, <laughs> Good point. i tell um, you what,
2: I only got into Kurosawa because someone years ago told me that the original Star Wars movie was like a direct remake of a Kurosawa
4: film. Yeah. And then I saw the Kurosawa film and realized I liked it. Um, Star Blazers, uh, the Earth is being bombarded by the Gamelons with asteroids. They have a, a wave motion gun in the battleship Yamato, which oh, they they raise. And, yeah, okay, it's, it's a thing.
2: I have seen a battleship Yamato uh, movie. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> very cool. Yeah,
4: but yeah, Carmen is the
2: worst, and not just that. She's a total bitch. Her character is awful. The actress is awful. The hair. Uh, Denise is Richards. yes she's, yeah.
3: she's very pretty, but she is not a good actress. She, she's not a good actress. No, I kept she, wanting her to die. She she ended up going in. She ended playing uh, Christmas Jones in a in a James Bond movie and she's been basically just a a a B level character. She also married Charlie Sheen. Oh, so. yeah, well, winning. Yeah, exactly. So now she has AIDS or <laughs> something probably. Tiger's <laughs> blood is what she has. <laughs> Charlie Sheen has AIDS. So you know. the the initial the initial background for her. No, seriously,
4: like we have your computer. I want to know.
3: <laughs> oh, dear god. No, let's keep going. What's the initial background? <laughs> the initial background. <laughs> Not going to let me do that, huh? No. <laughs> we got to stop on. that, guys. Hold on.
4: <laughs> No, but Charlie Sheen has AIDS. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Sorry. Mm-mm, this is going me. in the
3: outtakes. <laughs> yes. So the initial uh, love triangle between Johnny and, uh, you know, Johnny. Oh, hold Green. on. Hold on. No. Fucking stick with Charlie Sheen, man. I got to know. You really want me to look up to see if she you're, has AIDS? You're already doing it. We got to s- find oh, out. Okay. That's not what I was going <laughs> with, but okay. Because we're going to cut back to what you were saying. Okay. There does Denise. Hang on one second. Does Denise Richards have AIDS? to <laughs> hit that. Enter.
4: <laughs> want
3: to put some in yours? It's, uh, a people, completely people different online flavor. said Denise Richards knew Charlie Sheen was HIV positive. So yeah, she has it. Um, he was infected after they divorced, and infected. they hadn't been intimate since. Oh, okay. Said the source, neither her nor their daughters, Sam Eleven and Lola Nine, are HIV positive. Lola
2: Nine is there a Lola One through Eight? Where did and that? Was I think that's the, the age. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> at the
4: time of, of the article. Sick. <laughs> is that how you got his tiger? The cheekbones blood? aren't right. Oh my god! <laughs> Grind it down for stem cells. I'll be over. forever.
3: <laughs> Winning your love triangle thing initially the love triangle between rico and carmen and <laughs> xander uh, the original cut carmen was more torn between whether she loved johnny or xander because you know the whole football thing where their jump ball apparently is what it was called which is just arena fucking football. space ball with like laser suits and like how th- that guy was jumping way too high yes it was it was supposed to be a standard romance, but it was changed because test audiences. They did not like they didn't like uh they didn't believe that a woman could love two women at once. That's... A woman can love many women at once. <laughs> so the scenes that would have shown her I filmed it. <laughs> I, I think you mean two men at once. So the scenes that were that... I filmed it. <laughs> the scenes that were supposedly, you know, showing her being, you know, intimate with both You know, Rico and with Xander, they were cut. And the kiss in the end between Carmen and Rico was cut specifically, uh, apparently, because the audience thought it was immoral after Xander's death. Okay, well, fuck Xander. Xander fuck was the worst. Audiences. The, the, yeah. the audience was audiences. also so mad about Carmen choosing her career over Rico that they wanted her to die in the end. Okay, uh, but this was what, 97? Yeah, this movie came out in 1997. That wasn't the Dark Ages. You no. Know, I mean, we should have been over that years ago. now. Yeah.
4: I equate
2: that era with where I was living at the time, which was Mobile, Alabama. That's, a, that's, that's your kind parents' of makes fault. Sense don't don't blame the movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you know what? Let's not forget that these are high schoolers.
3: Supposed to be yes. Yeah. High schoolers.
2: Yeah. These are the oldest.
3: F- these are, these high schoolers look
2: older than the high schoolers in Greece.
3: Verhoeven wanted to initially get actual only when they smile and the high- <laughs> <laughs> forehead wrinkles come out.
4: I know. Ver- Fucking fucking Xander. Yeah. Xander
1: looked like thirty. 30 yeah, like, he was the older... He
2: he. Looked,
4: I think there was some gray in
2: his.
1: Well, hair. that's
4: why he was winning the fight. Was I mean, he's, he's thirty. <laughs> yeah.
3: super 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 senior. Verhoeven wanted to have actual to cast actual seventeen and eighteen year olds but the production company said no we want to do the whole beverly hills 90210 thing and bring in either not fully established just on the cusp actors or you know the people that were you know 30 25 30 years old plus he also wanted them to look because there was that joke nod that it that because uh verhoeven went the route of this being anti-nazi but still poking fun at being at nazis that that's why they were so very white so very pretty and then putting everybody in buenos aires wait what that's what he had said even though he had never read the book god he's such a fucking moron you know the buenos aires was supposed to be a nod to where all the where a lot of the nazis fled to that didn't have to go to nuremberg and that's where they ended up <laughs> i mean i get it yeah no, I, I don't really I have an opinion shit. on fuck that. Fuck you, Verhoeven. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the third movie in a row where you've said, you know, fuck director's name. Well, they do stupid shit. Why do you find that stupid? I'm just curious. Because
4: I've read the book. It's, it's not Nazi propaganda. It's not. It's, it's so dumb. It, it's not fascist. It's, a, it's an exploration of what it means to be a citizen. Okay. And how, how to make that work. And it cannot work unless your citizen is invested in the body politic that's it. that's all it can't be given to you you have to earn it and that was all heinlein was trying to say and for some fucking california twat to be like well that makes him a Nazi." and i don't care if we lost california you wiped out the whole (laughs) (laughs) subcontinent of india so don't look at me like that well (laughs) we just lost california and 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 india yeah
2: thanks thanks for the reminder
4: (laughs) but god
3: no i'm just i'm fucking sick of these idiots so here's here's something even more that you're going to probably just groan oh, about. Good. The original backstory that the, that the screenwriter had envisioned for Starship Troopers was that the Earth, they were they initially had sent colonists to, into Arachnid space. That's uh, correct. Then the Arachnid region of space was qu- uh, quarantined, and they they wanted they didn't want any of the humans going in and settling it. Okay, cool. However, Except the unofficial the colonies, extremists. yeah, unofficial colonies like the Mormons. Uh, were formed on arachnid planets, which did end up, you know, angering the bugs to the point where they decided, fuck it, let's just attack Earth. Dude, Mormons are not the best <laughs> people that you want to use to introduce yourself to a species. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. So that was the original background of the of the screenplay. I did like some of his commentary
2: through visual... Through through the the news flashes from oh, yeah. specifically the World War Two news flashes. Well, the yeah. ones there were three in a row that I paused and rewatched like three times just to make sure I was quite following them. And I think they were beautiful. They were poignant. First, it was the kids that's the soldiers coming down the kids and just handing out their guns. The gun. mm-hmm. yeah. Here, have some gun. Oh, here's some ammo. Just hey, and the kids are like, yeah, yeah, playing with these guns. Followed immediately by. A video of an alien massacring a cow Mm -hmm. but it says censored over it they're not going to show animal death but then the very next one was them showing the mormon colony and all of the just ripped apart dead people without any censoring and i thought that was well done because cows are cute cows are cute but you know violence is just violence against people is something that we're all used to
3: yeah That first image that you had talked about, that first, would you like to know more, uh, hanging out the guns and everything, that was actually taken from the uh, Lenny, uh, I'm going to fucking butcher this German name, uh, Reifenstahl's 1935 Nazi propaganda film called The Triumph of the Will. That's where that comes from, and and Verhoeven used a lot of that same imagery. He even used all the the eagle imagery, the flags fluttering, the wide shots of troops in formation, those Hugo the Boss soldiers outfits, cheerfully <laughs> proclaiming they'll do their part, and even the 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 uniforms throughout the whole movie are modeled after Third Reich.
2: Those kids just stomp into bugs while that one woman's like,
0: yes, yes, her her, yes. her
4: laugh was crazy. <laughs> it was a little unsettling, I think. <laughs> see, I disagree though. I mean, I, uh, I remember our propaganda from that time and it reminded me of our propaganda that, are you doing your part, Mm -hmm. um, with the voluntary rationing and you know, all of that stuff. What can you do to help our boys over in,
3: you know, France and whatever. It was very, it was very similar. Both sides were very similar with that, but Verhoeven had stated that, that he was going more towards what the Nazis were using as a, as a, Sounds kind of to me like, like Verhoeven was the fucking Nazi and all this. Well, he grew up in Nazi Germany. So I'm looking at you, Verhoeven. <laughs> it did flop at the box office. It, yeah. It, it, it hard, it hard flopped. Uh, but it did start to find its audience on video and, and soldier. And later, the armor actually appeared in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy episodes. And then a few years later in two thousand two it showed up in Firefly on the train job episode. Uh-huh. So a lot of people were like, Hey, let's just let's just repurpose Fuck man, it goes stuff. back to the prop department. Yeah, I mean, well, Verhoeven <laughs> uses his same backgrounds. He used a lot, a lot of every, a lot of things from Total Recall were used in this. They were just repainted.
4: I do find
2: it interesting that for something that was considered such a flop, it spawned a television series
3: and, and like animated series, and, yeah, yeah, and, and CGI series, and movie, more movies. Like the there's franchise five, didn't die. With there's it. five no, movies yeah. that were directed, directed DVD, and yeah, and they're decent marauder is decent that's where marauder was good yeah uh, i think casper van Dien reprises his role well, in that honestly, one. they all did that, that was probably that. The, the, the the rest of his career you know he's done a lot of b movies <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get into later they've actually
4: all been still working yeah
2: honestly as bad as carmen was he wasn't that good either he was really it was his no, first major no, role he wasn't that's why
4: yeah. i mean yeah he had a good chin yeah that was about I it. It balanced out her cheekbones. That yeah. was really the only <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, he doesn't strike me as a Rico. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. I agree. Like when I read the book as a kid, I always saw him brown. Certainly not blonde. Yeah. With with the with the butt chin. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> you know? very the nice the chin chin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he looks like Dudley fucking do right. And I, I always saw him as like uh If
3: chins could
4: kill. As a as a like uh you know, I, I saw him as fucking
3: Latin. During the, the tank fight that uh, Rico was on, that big bug, the tank bug, the one that oh it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't remember any tanks. Yeah, this is called the, the tanker. <laughs> Boy, the tank, tank bug. would have done really well there, though. <laughs> Even an armored personnel carrier. A lot of things would have done really well there. But uh, apparently he, uh, during that stunt where the, where he got on the on the back of the tanker bug and put the, the grenade in, he had experienced uh, a stunt miscalculation on his part and he, he cracked three ribs and ended up like having to shut down production for like a week and a half which cost a couple million dollars uh, but holy that, shit yeah it was it was a kind of a bad injury but then a couple years later he almost permanently injured his reputation by starring in Dracula 3000 so you know it bounced out that Whoa. was a joke right <laughs> it's supposed to be it sounded a lot better when I wrote it out I think we can move to paper That's all I'm
0: saying. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah sometimes my timing's (laughs) off i I would say i would rather live in their version of a democracy than in the one i'm currently in hmm
1: yeah tell me more i i would like like to to
4: know know more more? (laughs) (laughs) i I like the fact that you have to you have to earn it that would guarantee that you are involved It, it wouldn't necessarily make you informed but it would mean that you would care. Like, for example, you would care that 50%, like in our last election, didn't even show, didn't even bother to, to vote at all. That wouldn't happen if people had worked and or bled for that privilege. I, I mean, this is true. Yeah. Or if it's something for that for the you right to, to fight have, for. Or the right to license a child. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, do I like that. Are any of you familiar with uh, the pseudonym writer James S. A. Corey? No. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Leviathan expanse, Wakes. Yeah, Leviathan Wakes and yeah. whatnot. They have a society which is uh, not necessarily exactly the same, but it's one of those similar future Earth things where there are heavy infractions and whatnot placed upon the populace, and one of those is that um, in order to have a child, you have to apply for it and that whole concept of, you know, sterilization and whatnot. It's, it's, it's something we're to think gonna about.
4: have to look look into fairly quickly cool. here as we approach seven
3: point six yeah. billion. But yeah. Orson Scott Card did it in Ender's game also. Yeah. You if you wanted to have a, a every every kid after the first one, you had to have permission. Yeah. And that was kind of the whole big thing why why Ender Wigan was called a third because he was the third child. Yeah. Also, I would choose Dizzy over Carmen in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, heartbeat. Yeah, without even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Warrior women. I mean, come on. Well, she and her story was so tragic. Just no, 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 no. People, women who can fight. She, yeah, she was pretty hot. Yeah, give her that. No, it wasn't the hot. Just like. No, I mean this. Is, that's part like, of the hotness. Is, yeah,
2: like, that that's what made the not just the actress, but the character. The character yeah. was pretty hot. Yeah, women I'm, who can I fight. Agreed. You
4: give me the Valerian, Valeria, the Valeria, yeah. Valeria, not mm-hmm. Valerian. Never give me Valerian. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Those, do you that. want to live forever? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking of uh, tiny things in there. All right, uh, what you got? Do you guys know who was the singer at the high school graduation party?
3: David Bowie. Yeah, that was a David Bowie song. But you know who the singer was? No. no. That
2: was Zoe Polidoris, Basil Polidoris's daughter. Yep, because What's he that? did
3: he did the Basil Polidoris did the did the soundtrack who did the soundtrack for Conan the Barbarian.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was his daughter.
3: I was like, that's is that is that Oxford
4: Town? <laughs> that is <laughs> Oxford Town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good version of Oxford Town. I, <laughs> like I liked it. it. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Basil Polidoris did the did the music composition which did, not as good as Conan, but it's still Basil Polidorius. I would like to
4: to extrapolate here for a second and say that modern medicine, uh, like future medicine breeds casual brutality, and I love it. Like, if you can stick a knife through a hand and then put, you know, magic... Robocast with liquid on it, on it,
3: and he's instantly back to work.
4: I don't think I would
3: stop hurting people, like ever, ever, no, or even three days in the the Star Wars esque Bacta tank, where you know he gets a you know a bug claw through his entire leg, and they tell him three days later you'll be fine. Children, the elderly, I don't think I'd ever stop hurting people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah,
4: just. Ah, it, it it looks so nice. What I, would happen if I just stuck my hand in this engine? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I want to know what it feels like. It, it allows for excellent
3: teachable moments. That's all I'm saying. Which the 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 di did do with the with the kid. Yeah. What did you think of? Because you're you're such a, a, a larger fan of the book Matthew than 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 I maybe. his whole metaverse, really? I okay. Um, what did you think about? combining uh Razak into the there's two characters the 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 teacher and then who Razak was as the as the as the lieutenant uh-huh. into one character only because in the book it was two distinct characters yeah what did you think of that i th- i was indifferent to it okay the power armor mattered way more to me
2: the lack of power armor in this was saddening and yeah. i never read starship troopers the book but i did read uh what i thought was what I still think is one of my favorite science fiction war epics of all time is a book by John Steakley called armor. armor.
4: Yeah, that is a
2: fantastic book. I first bought that book because it had a guy in power armor beating an ant with a rifle. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, 14. Yeah. I had to have it.
4: I had the gray cover where it's uh, him without the helmet. Yeah, I want to yeah. see the cover that you've seen. It's it's on the wiki page, actually. Right. It's
2: he's just whoa, he's yeah. beating this rifle down and it's beautiful. The it is a beautiful book. And that is a great book. And that's why I got into the Starship Troopers, the movie, because the movie felt like that book. Just the, all the bullshit that the Felix character and armor had to go through. And he was wearing like the scout oh, yeah. armor. But this even is... the scout
4: armor could tear apart a starship. How, how many yeah. how many drops is this for you, Felix? Seventeen. You gotta be kidding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just up. Have you ever read uh Armor? No, I have not. Like, oh, okay, read. there's yeah. another one. Medic <laughs> <laughs> Medic I hate
2: you. I did like that constant that little gag. Uh
0: also... I like
4: and I wanna make I wanna make sure I never do this if I ever write or actually film i like the mini discs that they use for communications because the the late 90s was the, the era sony mini mini disc. Yeah. yeah i yeah. was going to bring
3: that up actually so thank you for bringing yeah. it up before me
4: the technology <laughs> it's like it was the future of the 90s yeah <laughs> gotta remember that you want something new it doesn't have to be accurate but i mean the original star trek using crystals that they plug into consoles yeah. with switches it's it's still foreign it's something we don't have. And whenever you're trying to design something like that, you should always stay the hell away from anything you see, anything you know, anything that's familiar. Just get away from it.
2: That was a problem that I always had every time I go back and try and reread the the Sprawl saga by William Gibson, starting with Neuromancer. It, you know, the or Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. Both of those stories are involved, like, just... A megabytes worth of data. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm like, oh really? Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> honey. <laughs> there was there was a point in time when pretty much all pop culture could everything could be the, the world hinged on a, on a uh, three and a quarter inch floppy. Yeah. Or five and a half inch, sorry. Three and a half inch I five.
4: just threw away a whole stack of those. I had bought them for an art project that I never did. What was the art project? I was using them uh, as uh a border for a painting. Oh cool. Yeah.
2: The three and a half ones, the hard,
3: the hard, no, no, the,
4: the big
2: floppies. Oh, the five and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nice. I still have, uh, when, when my dad had just started in, in nuclear power at the shop in, in Kansas, uh, he would bring home boxes of the, the bigger, like eight and a half inch floppies. And I still have a couple just for nostalgia reasons, punch cards,
4: (laughs) (laughs) you know, the old phrase, uh, no plan survives contact with the enemy. You ever heard that? Yes? No? Nope. Yeah. Blank stairs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have. I thought you were about to take that further. <laughs> I, I am. I just, I thought the the first attack on Clendathu when basically everyone shit the whole bed and everything went wrong and, you know, this is supposed to be deserted. It's a cakewalk. I thought that was very indicative of a military's first contact with an unknown enemy because everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Almost everyone died. I would say that Statement there applies to
2: every single conflict in this movie. Everything that could go wrong did go did, wrong. Yes, to the point that I think the military in this was stupid. They did stupid things. They acted without proper intelligence. They sent entire fleets in to attack a place. Well, their intelligence
4: that they... was Doogie Hauser.
2: <laughs> I mean, they they, they knew <laughs> and, nothing and, and about. In a
3: world where they, where telepathy works, and
2: their ships in space. We're floating closer to each other than ships on water, dude. Yeah. Like and there's so much more room for error in that environment. Yeah. The fact Three that like, one error. would get hit and then they would all start crashing into each other, that could have been prevented if they had had a rational formation.
4: Yeah. Like a line of battle. Yep. Yeah. So you it's could dodge up battle. or down. Yeah. Up or down and then you resume your place in line. Yeah. If only yeah. You know, Heinlein had a lot of Roger Young's, the name of, uh, of her ship. There was a, there was a lot of Roger Young's in his books, his, his books. Yeah.
3: Okay. Do you know what it meant to him? Um, I don't, I do. Is it, uh, what, what's that? Yeah. Uh, the Roger Young, the name is used multiple times because that was a, I can never pronounce this properly po- post, post, humus, post post he, posthumous thank you uh u.s medal of honor recipient uh he actually was killed and gave up his life so his comrades could uh, could escape heavy gunfire at the hands of japanese troops oh yeah i do remember that so the movie sergeant zim is also based on young zim i couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't hear his name the
4: entire time I without know. screaming zim so he, he is supposed to be the real life soldier who, who gave
3: up his position as an instructor so he could join the privates yeah. on the front line of battle which is
2: pretty cool. I like that. I do like that the that whole ending bit where they're talking about this moment. This is the turning point. This is what everyone's going to look back at to the moment that one private Zim. And you're like, wait, wait, what? i <laughs> found
1: the brain bug.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I like so that.
4: It's, it's a very telling point for humanity, too. Where everyone's, you know, cheering and they gather the bug. And, you know, Doogie walks up. They're like, He's scared, and all of humanity goes, "Yeah, fuck you, bud." <laughs> I, you know that,
3: that whole that whole ending scene. I I that was fun primate moment. I I I have a problem with it because you have a planet full of bugs, okay, and you have a brain bug, and it's being captured. Okay, cool. There's the hive mind. They can they can they they talk to all the other bugs. You have all of the troops right there. There is no major. There's no tanks, there's no major air support Fucking kill all the humans Right then and there, get it done and over with I don't that yeah. Aliens be alien, bro <laughs> yeah. Okay I, I remember thinking that last It's a hand wave, too. okay well, I,
4: when, when I saw that, I was yeah. like, brain suckers from beyond Pluto It's such a, a great 40s and 50s
3: Pulp moment mm-hmm. there, where
4: it's like Punk
3: and now the evil vagina is going to steal your brain. So earlier when when they pulled the first guy off the the, the desk that had the big hole in his head, yeah. they had cut that because it was apparently too graphic for 1997. I audiences. really like <laughs> that when they rooted or when he <laughs> when he yeah. rooted
4: around in his skull, he's like, ah, <laughs> yeah.
3: They sucked so his brain. Apparently it was a lot more graphic and it showed it like picking out when it, it, it the the brains went up through that stem yeah and then it pulled it back into its mouth the and then sucked straw. it back yeah. out so you could see the brain not only go in the stem but back out and it, it would ingest it in a different way they had to cut it it was too graphic oh, kids cry kind
2: of makes my pants twitch
3: <laughs> but the mm. funny thing is also they got a lot of kids to go see this movie the production company uh had told because uh, the same movie, the Bean movie was out, you know, with Rowan Atkinson at the same time. And they told kids they wanted kids to see it, but it was, an, it was a close to an NC-17 movie. So they gave kids free tickets to see Bean, seeing if they could sneak in to Starship Troopers. And a lot of kids did. And parents nice. got pissed off about yeah, it. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> some good, that's some good <laughs> late 90s guerrilla marketing right there. <laughs> it really is. Yeah.
2: I would have, if I... For one of those kids. I remember. I would have remembered those boobies what for life. What was
3: the hero's name? Johnny, Johnny Rico. Rico. No, 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 the actor. Oh, that is Casper Van Dien. Casper got better
4: as you could tell because he had never really, really
3: acted before.
4: He got better as the movie progressed. Like at the very end, he was actually doing some decent acting. He was. Like you're some kind of smart bug, aren't you? <laughs> I mean,
3: it was it was actually a lot better. Yeah, because in the beginning it was it was very the the, the hard jaw, yeah, yeah, like yeah. set jaw, furrowed brow. I don't know how to act, so I'm going to try and just emote my everything. And yeah. it, it didn't it didn't work. No, I I think he got better as as the movie yeah. progressed. Do you know who was originally up for for that part? One James Marsden, he was up for that part. I don't okay, know who that is, and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Marky Mark, yeah, Marky Mark <laughs> was up for that. Verhoeven uh, also went for the, for the unknown yeah. Van Dien in Bicarp because he looked like he could have been starred in a, a German war propaganda film. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, but he also
2: was like in his mid to late twenties. They were all old. Yeah, <sighs> oh,
4: like oh, I God. said
3: earlier, he went down. He went the the nine hundred two one zero route for that. All right,
4: you know, Heinlein does a lot did a lot of these type of uh, coming of age and you know plays on what what a society is and should be this was one of his earliest this was actually a uh, one of his juveniles written for young adults and i think it's funny that they they took it and made it into a movie where they had to sneak young adults in
3: <laughs> yeah it's become it is it has become a cult it has a cult following now a very large cult following well i
2: mean like we were saying earlier it has a number of spawned series and show or uh, movies it's fucking roughnecks, man. <laughs> it's Razzcast Roughnecks. <laughs> I think there were comics and novels. Like it, it it it's a successful series.
3: Well, there there are also a couple a couple actors that also tie into the Highlander uh world also. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, who played Sergeant Zim. Uh he was uh in Highlander as Kruger or Kruger. The right. Kurgan. Kurgan, thank yes. you. And then Michael Ironside, who played uh, in Highlander 2, The Quickening, he was I General don't know Katana. what reality you're from,
2: but where <laughs> I'm from, we're still waiting for a Highlander sequel. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't you? It was a fan film over here. Okay, the fan
3: film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was directed by Paul Verhoeven, and if you don't know, uh, initially James Cameron was attached to this project. Uh, it was originally the production company wanted, you know, Mr. Terminator to run this, and he declined. He just said, "It's not. I'm not. This is something I don't want to do." But Paul Verhoeven has also done Hollow Man, RoboCop, Total Recall, and Basic Instinct. Those did he do his... RoboCop or did he do RoboCop 2? No, he did RoboCop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Edward Niermeyer is the screenwriter, and he did all of the RoboCop movies, including the reboot. Uh, also, Anaconda Curse of the Blood Orchid. Oh, that you. sounds like
2: quality cinema. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the cinematographer was Jost Vanko, who did Doss Boot, Robocop, Rocket Gibraltar, and the never-ending story, to name a few.
0: Artex, no!
3: <laughs> did you know what the original title of this movie was supposed to be? It was not Starship Troopers. It was Bug Hunt at Outpost 9. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds like a straight to Netflix video. It sounds like a pulp <laughs> book.
4: <laughs> yeah. Highline wrote Pulp. Mm-hmm. Just it was, it was really good pulp.
3: It wasn't until about thirty books in that he actually started doing serious work. The uh, arachnids, actually, the design for them came from another movie, Tremors Two: Aftershocks. If you're a fan of that series, that's what kind of why they look look familiar. I've only seen one Tremors. It's uh, only one worth seeing. Stampede Entertainment, who designed the heat-seeking shriekers from Tremors Two, uh, they did the they did also design the arachnids, and they just got used in this movie. Kind of cool, in my opinion. They looked
2: a lot like the Zerg, from Starcraft. Mm, yeah. yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's a good flick. I like yeah. it. Hey, this movie was actually os- uh, nominated for an Oscar for visual effects in 1997. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, I watched it in 4K. Mm-hmm. It stood up fine. I mm. just I had it on disc, just a regular old DVD disc. It still looked pretty good. Yeah,
4: well, um, mm, yeah a lot of
3: the, a lot of the CGI from
4: that time looks like shit, but. This, this looks fine. It looks modern.
3: Well, the neat thing about that is that the the person that, that did a lot of the, the animatronics, there were a lot of animatronics on it. Phil Tippett who had worked as the effects artist not only on Star Wars, but on Jurassic Park, he supervised supervised all the effects for this movie. So there was a blend of CGI and stop motion uh, set up. But for, for close-ups, Verhoeven sometimes would pretend to be the bug and would get in the actor's faces <laughs> and say, I'm a bug. I'm, I'm fucking trying to kill you. And they would have to act off of that. Now, would
2: he do it naked? I have no clue. Okay. No, I hope not.
4: You know, I tell you, the more I hear about this uh behind the scenes crap, the pissier I get.
2: <laughs> you know?
4: <laughs> I don't know whether it's just me, I'm, I'm becoming a grouch in my advanced old age or if people are really that shitty. Maybe maybe I don't want to dig so much. Maybe I just want to appreciate the movie. I don't want to I like know digging <laughs> if if he's you know doing a commentary on on fascism. I just fuck, fuck, fuck,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: fuck <laughs> <laughs> and matthew's head explodes
4: some kind of smart book i don't know man i just uh i do know i like the movie i've always liked the movie i've liked it since i was what was i 20 yeah 21 yeah it's a, it's a fantastic flick if you haven't seen it you need to see it 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 stands up it it still looks good and some of the some of the underlying themes of it are Well, they're incredibly valuable when you see where we are as a society. (laughs) Yep. Okay, excellent. High (laughs) uh, high energy ending. Uh, We'll be back uh, after this little break. Hi, this is Matthew. Thanks for listening. We wanted to take a moment to talk to you about uh, one of our sponsors, Guardian Games. Guardian Games has been with us since the very beginning of this show. Guardian Games is Portland's premier game store. They have magic, miniatures, shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of RPGs, all the gaming swag, anything you could possibly want for your gaming experience. If you're ever in Portland and looking for a gaming store, Guardian Games is the biggest, most diverse store in Portland. You definitely owe it to yourself to go to Guardian Games.
3: So who we got in this film, Dusty? So we have, starting out with the cast, is Casper Van Dien, who played Johnny Rico, who went from private to corporal to sergeant to lieutenant in about the span of, um, I think, a couple of days. Field promotions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, when you lose 300,000 military
4: people in counting, you got to move up.
3: No, this is this is Someone's very has got to lead. You know. uh casper van Dien. uh he, is, he has also been in the you know wonderful movies like dead water last seen in idaho chokehold okay yeah, i've never yeah. seen any yeah, of these yeah. movies and i'm just, just kind of other like, starship troopership yeah Lawful good Lawful good oh yeah awful good all Everyone, right next everyone's awful good <laughs> yeah. <in this> movie. <laughs> then we have diana meyer as dizzy okay. isabella Flores dizzy awful yeah. good awful good good Denise Richards as Carmen Ibanez, lawful stupid, <laughs> teenage quote-unquote teenager. <laughs> no,
2: I can't do No, I have a hard time giving adults teenager
3: alignment. No, I, know, I know. But I
2: will say lawful stupid, yeah.
3: <laughs> I will agree with that. And then we have uh, Gary Busey's son, Jake Busey, as Private Ace Levy. Lawful good. Lawful, lawful good.
2: And You know, he was a little chaotic, but I think that was just him being, you know, that was just his personality. In the end, he did the whole You know, that was actually was him
3: good. playing the violin. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can play the violin. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a, an Fucking article neon violin that was awesome. The electric neon. I <laughs> will tell it to
4: Lindsay Sterling. She has the same one. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. But why? But suddenly, this military commander is like, "All right, time to
3: party!" It throws out a goddamn neon violin. <laughs> what the hell? Neo Patrick Harris as Colonel Carl Jenkins. <laughs> All for good. All for good. Yeah. He never did anything bad. Yeah. You got anything to say on that? Well, deal, right? it's just it. You know when there's that that point where he's he's arguing where where everybody where where Johnny and Dizzy are are kind of getting upset at him for what's going on, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. We're in it to win it, children." Yeah, greater good. So, I just thought maybe. Well, okay, yeah. I got to agree
2: with Matthew on
3: this. No, yeah. no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm for going to speakers, where I, he yeah.
4: was after the greater good. That's all I'm okay. saying. No, <laughs> right. no, no, okay. I, for me, it's
2: it's also a combination of actions and his on-screen actions. I don't feel that he was he ever did
3: anything No, he was there a lot. Good, so. you know. And then we have uh, Clancy Brown as Private Zim, oh, who's a borderline NPC. Yeah, 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 I, I'll yeah. still say lawful good again. Remember, NPCs mm-hmm. have yeah, alignment. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that lawful medic. <laughs> 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 and then uh, the great Michael Ironside as no wait. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's
4: within the law. They can heal him.
3: Razak, may maybe chaotic good, not Razak.
4: Back to to Zim. Zim, Zim? yeah, yeah, just he doesn't have to mutilate all those people. <laughs> he just doesn't. <laughs> but drive he's proving a point. Yeah, yeah. And that's I I I, I would also like say you that could I literally say. He could have landed the knife right next to his hand and say, How can you press
3: a button without a hand?
4: He went for it anyway. So maybe more in the lawful that,
3: neutral. The lawful neutral. I see what yeah, you're saying. And then there. He, yeah. he did break, the, break yeah. the guy's arm in the, you know, the very, yeah. as a recruit. Yeah, you could, recruit. yeah I'm going to go with neutral. lawful neutral on him. And then yeah. choked out Izzy. Lawful neutral. Izzy I really enjoyed his job.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then Michael Ironside as lieutenant. Definitely, I think in the chaotic realm, I would no. I'd put him as lawful neutral as well. No, yeah, neutral. Why? What did you do? That oh well, was, no! Yeah,
2: you're right. That's lawful say, well, good. good. Lawful well, good. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. thought
3: more in the chaotic realm because, Why? like, the, like when he
4: sees, I swear to God, you guys hear a different soundtrack and you both lose your fucking shit. <laughs> hey, no, I'm with you. You are man. conditioned, goddamn it. creatures. <laughs> no,
3: I like the, the <laughs> point. My point being, when, uh, w- when one of the. When one of the soldiers gets picked up by the by the flying bug, uh-huh. and he just picks up the rifle and just shoots him right then and there, is that right. would that be considered lawful? Do you yes. guys? Yes, he actually stated the law, his rule, and then it happened,
4: and he did it. Okay, That's he lawful. shot the soldier
2: was <laughs> an act of mercy. Yeah.
4: yeah. Okay. All right. And, and then,
2: then he's I, like, Yeah, do it to me." He All put right. himself on the line.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, and he did. <laughs> he did. And he stuck to it. So I, I, I say lawful. Certainly. You know what to do. Okay. All
3: right. All right, I can I can go with that I'm going to
2: go. Yeah, hi. It's awful
3: good. I'm I'm outvoted. Okay. I'm 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 backing off of that. Okay. I don't think there was anybody was in this that was I don't say out reasoned.
4: I mean, I don't, don't know, think not there was outvoted. anyone out here that was chaotic. Except chaotic. for Dusty here who who can't engage in logical recourse without going
3: Jesus. Stab you. <laughs> no, cuz I just want to stab
4: you sometimes. Yeah, I just need a kiss and make up. <laughs> fist and make up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, you know, three months of practice and we'll get there. <laughs>
4: what kind of stage Jesus. show are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask the same thing. So, hey, for <laughs> those of you who don't know, we got uh, we got invited to do a thing, which is going to yeah. be pretty cool. We'll give you more details as uh, yeah, yeah. time goes on, but it's going to be a few months away. Yeah, you might but, be able to to yeah. see us live
3: if you're local. That'd be really cool. But it's yeah. a little frightening, but yeah.
4: <laughs> well.
2: That's all the characters, right?
3: Yes, that, I I put it to the main characters. I didn't want to have the entire list of NPCs and and everyone else. What about Xander? Lawful okay. good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone. Yeah. That I, well, you guys like I said in the beginning, it's pretty yeah. much everyone's lawful good. So yeah, this one was yeah. I mean, everyone there was
4: was motivated by a need to serve. Yeah, so I'm down I with mean, that. That's that that's a good alignment and they were all bound by law and no one acted chaotically so
2: now you're talking about bound by law and like a firefly
4: sense you know, you
2: are bound by law stand out and give me your gun <laughs>
4: that's okay you know, yeah he was chaotic yeah. but. <laughs> okay matthew man i want to do firefly um, can we do firefly I would love i'm to. fine with that like we, we, we could do an episode we, we could do a whole run <laughs> we could do an episode each one i mean it, it's not it's it's not that it's long. Six episodes. All, thirteen. All, all, all thirteen. The, yeah, thirteen. All sorry. we'd have to lose is the uh character alignment part. Like we could actually do that because you know the characters
3: are reoccurring. So we could okay. probably do two do two episodes in for one recording. Oh, well, we
2: can. We'll, we'll consider it. I'm down with this plan. Let's see what people and, think. Or, and or Farscape. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Okay. I would love to do a a, a, a turtle
4: <laughs> power pod thing on <laughs> Farscape. That'd be great. <laughs> anyway matthew
2: yes uh now that we got the characters tell us where is this story going to go next in the campaign you
4: know it's a simple movie it's got a simple campaign it you stay with a bug hunt so at the the end of the movie humanity is swept up in an anti-bug fervor there are kids stomping bugs in the streets to show how patriotic they are while mothers laugh maniacally as humans we're not going to settle for a uh negotiated peace no matter you know what, what some parts of the population say. We, we, don't, we don't react like that. When we see a clear danger, we react in a violent caveman-like manner. Like, we're, we're, we're in this to win this. We're going to kill every last one of those bugs. Except for a few kept in labs so we can figure out how they work, so we can kill the better. So, with the Sky Marshal changeover, the plan becomes glass the planet, send down the mobile infantry to dig, a, dig out any survivors. That makes sense, right? Yeah, like, that makes we, sense. we have to learn eventually. We, we have all these ships that conveniently stack up in nice little bunches. We can surround a planet, we can glass it, and then we send in the MI to to mop up. So the PCs would probably, in this scenario, be raw recruits, freshly graduated to replace the staggering losses of um, of of this war effort. I would like, and I'm I'm okay to be outvoted because it is. It is the the book, but I I would really like if we went with a power armor system. <laughs> so, I'm fine with that, like a uh, like a, a battle suit at the very least, because the uh, the football pads that they had them wear in the movie just aren't. It it, it has nothing to do <laughs> with the book. Um, they were squishy. Yeah, they were really squishy up against up against bugs, and you can't just hide behind a hill and expect to shake off a peewee nuke. That's that's not how that works. The hill go by the nuke explode <laughs> or you can't just like run down a tunnel and yeah duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um you, you you need the power armor to do this so the pcs are raw recruits uh sent straight from boot where they were trained in the use of the brand new power armor their first mission is back up in reserve back on planet p right after what happened in in the movie so rico is on scene they capture one of the brain bugs there's still this whole warren under there, like the whole, the whole planet crawls. So they are, they are sent to back up uh, Rico's mission. Rico's mission goes south because he is sent back into the tunnels to find out what else he can pull out into the sunlight. He takes horrible losses. The PCs are sent in to uh, engage in a fighting retreat. A lot of people die. They eventually can retreat back to the like a settlement or a strong point position and dust off of the planet that puts our PCs and the uh, GM's control in the same party, which would be Rico and, you know, associated people. So it's basically just, um, a go in fighting retreat. Lots of people die. I think even what's, uh, what's your game? Which one? the the motorcycle samurai? Game no, 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 no. The, the, the one we did at the uh, Wagon game. Kong. Hammer yeah, or hammer, hammer crawl. crawl. Hammer crawl. I, I, <laughs> I envision this kind of like hammer crawl in space. Oh, I, that's, that's kind of cool. I like that because the the death ratio on this is is amazing. Okay, I so like it. You can't. This isn't going to be a game where you're invested in a character, and the characters have to be real simple. Like you're the guy who has the nuclear bazooka. You're the guy <laughs> who has the big scope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you don't have that, you're a grunt. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I, I just think what you do is you cycle through characters trying to get this mission done. And I, I think it would go very much like one of your <sighs> hammer crawl missions.
2: You are describing several games that I know. <laughs> yeah.
4: Anyway, that's what I got. It, it's simple. You could do a campaign on it. Uh, you could, um, do you do a. Uh, what is it uh, like a battle techie kind of game on this you could do a miniature game on this there is all the the various movies to mine from there's a ton of stuff to do but it's
3: basically bug hunt after bug hunt after bug hunt and with it being on multiple pl- i mean there you know they make there's a clandathus system so there's so many planets that they can go and kill bugs on so oh, yeah you've got to be never ending
2: Entire star system here just waiting you have to have the galaxy that,
0: that's th-
3: <laughs> That was something that, that, that bothered me, and I'm going to kind of deviate here for a second. I'm sorry. That really bugged me. Uh, <laughs> Did it bug you? The, yeah, I know, right? like, sh- the, 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 the science of it. So they make it a point to show a screen where, hey, here's the galaxy, and here's Earth, and the bug planets are way over on the other side, but it only takes a couple of days for one of their asteroids to get to Earth. When or for just us kind to of, get to them. And they're just—I mean, I know they—they they use a star drive. Okay, cool. They have—they have—they have warp speed. They said that a couple of times. And
4: apparently, the bugs have some sort of biological version where a big bug like eats a rock, sucks it into their. Yeah, and fires I, I know. I Earth. know. Far, I, I, I don't know. Out, but
3: it didn't seem like it was getting a lot of a lot of acceleration to be able to go faster than light multiple times over to make it to Earth in a couple of days. Movie magic. Yeah, I know, but it's just no it's a gaping plot hole you're not wrong yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> like if that if that was porn i mean that would just be this this flaccid <laughs> oh tore out plot hole
2: well, that would Visibly be oozing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. quite a fisted hole uh, so let's talk about themes that aren't fisting
3: okay we got <laughs> all right well I'm we're sorry, taking a breath we need porn. to ha- we need to make a fourth podcast now so. <laughs> no, <laughs> no 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 no
1: <laughs> movies will fist oh. <laughs> Have, have, <laughs> I'm, I'm just seeing the
0: logo. <laughs>
3: have uh, Fists Will Game. <laughs> UberLube,
0: if you're looking to uh, sponsor a podcast. Uh... No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or Pornhub. <laughs> Where were we? So
2: let's talk about some of the themes of this movie. And we've already discussed heavily the concept of. Blood and death and the the extreme loss, the almost comical loss of human life. Like to the point that there's so much blood and death it just becomes another number. So we want to have a kind of campaign, a story and a game that's gonna support that concept of just staggering loss of life. Yeah. To the point that the statistics are unreal. Millions of people that you're just throwing in wave upon wave upon wave at these bugs and hoping that maybe you can Put up enough human bodies to clog those holes. (laughs) That's kind of about. I remember back in the twenty first century
4: when we had tanks.
2: (laughs) Well, still organic. God damn it!
4: Hopefully, in our
2: follow up campaign, we're going to have some tanks and power armor because that's just cool. And it's sad that we did not have any kind of ground vehicles. We didn't have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. And there was only maybe five metal uh, atmospheric
4: chitin. Jets. it always does.
2: Yeah, there were no, there was no air support. Chittin? No Kite? why am I looking at you? I don't know chitin, chitin, chitin. Yeah, okay. yeah. There was no air support. There was no ground support. It was just troops, troops yeah. on the ground, and then carriers, and nothing that's, mechanized. That's it. Yeah. it was really uh, a poorly planned war. Again, the the military was really stupid in this movie but we've also got we talked about it again we we want something that's going to support that concept of with the staggering loss of human life your superior officer has probably just got his head chopped off and suddenly you gain field promotion i think yeah. this is this is a this is a field promotion story we we follow your story matthew your where you pick up and those raw recruits the players just join in by the time they get to rico one of them's probably a lieutenant <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and, and saddled with the fact that he's now an 18-year-old roughneck who is suddenly in command. Rico is a major, and yeah, and he just like you know came out of basic training a week ago and has massive
3: amounts of PTSD.
2: Already, yep, poor guys.
3: But but one day he'll get to vote. Yeah, Yeah. that's if he makes it the two years. (laughs) If he he makes it
2: it the two years, or as many more as they deem necessary. Yeah, Yeah, they they did say that. They did. Yeah. And something that Matthew is not quite in agreement with, but we have a fascist state. We have this th- the constant propaganda. We have this thing where the military is in charge, where they are coloring everything. They are clearly in charge of the media. It's a
4: fascist state. Whether or not you agree with that, it is. No, yeah, fascist is as fascist does. I, well, don't, I don't see that, that uh, state-sponsored media. I like. There's clearly a class that doesn't believe in that, and they're not persecuted. We don't see them. I mean they're they're rich. Yeah.
2: yeah. We don't see anyone that's not rich or a soldier in this movie. Yeah. So we don't really get much of a viewpoint into the rest of the culture, but I gather it's a it's a solid human planet, the Terrans. And so they one it's nation Earth. It's yeah. Earth. Yeah. And it seems kind of like it's a military fascist state to me.
3: At least that's what Verhoven was going for. He did make a yes. comment I, that I don't one of the things that he wanted to 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 promote with this is was, was that there's no gender inequality there's no racism there's everything that that we have then and now is n- no longer relevant it was he was kind of basing it off of that almost star trek utopia yeah it
4: was it was a post scarcity economy, not a fascist yeah. state it was
2: oh no 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 there there's a difference between the economy and the government system so it was it was clearly from his from Behoven's own words mm-hmm. it was a fascist state, however, it was a fascist utopia they can exists yeah, in for fiction. High. Yeah, <laughs> anyway you want that complete military state to be present in the fiction we don't care what's going on back home we actually don't care about the citizenship and this kind of the game that we're going to play you're not going to last long enough you're not going <laughs> to last long enough to vote yeah sorry <laughs> and then finally we're going to bring it down to the concept to the focus on the group as a unit the military unit it's almost going to be the entire focus of this game, uh, for us to run something like this as a tabletop game. We don't care about Carmen.
4: No, no, for, no. For no for Fleet shows up when yeah. it's
2: convenient. Carmen's never going to make an appearance yeah. unless it's to do it like a to air support. And what's his name? Uh, Doogie Hauser is never going to show That's up fine. unless it's to give you Briefing. a mission. Yeah. yeah. All this is going to be a straight up one hundred percent core unit roughnecks kind of game. We could. Take inspiration from the setting and take it in any of those other directions, but that's not what we're here
4: to talk about, right? No, we're, we're here to kill bugs. We're here to kill bugs. Yeah, that, that's we want the a game. bug hunt,
3: bug killers.
4: I thought it would be interesting to do a uh, like like a, a training day game or um, like how how do you achieve citizenship game, like one of the the social sims, but really. You're doing this for the peewee nukes and to kill bugs.
2: Seriously, you want guns. Yeah. You want peewee nukes. You want power armor and tanks. The power armor, And you yes. want to kill some bugs. And that's what we're going to talk about, ultimately. We're going to kill bugs in a militaristic state. that, and In a war that makes no sense in a part of the galaxy that we don't actually care about. It's going to be great.
3: Yay! Yay. Except for the Mormons.
2: It's, it, <laughs> we're, we got to have some Mormons in here. Too. What do they, what are they yeah. call it? Joseph
3: City or something like that?
4: I forget. Yeah, I
2: don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> God. Anyway, yeah. There's some nods. Nobody that, cares about that the crazy face <laughs> Mormonism in the expanse as well with the Nalvu and and all that. Anyway, let's talk about some games that could pull us off. All now. right. Battle Tech, Battle Tech could do it if we really want to focus down on minis and mm-hmm. and do some really. Slow, I I love
4: those kinds of games, but oh, uh, just don't have the time right now. Yeah, I don't have the time. Hours
2: and hours of and, measuring and for, distances. Yeah,
4: for for one-offs, um, which is what we imagine you're doing. We hope that after every two weeks you're spending a week putting a, a game together <laughs> based on a week what we say it, mm-hmm. and then you're off to the next game with us right that's yeah. what you all are doing that's what we're hoping this,
2: right? yes and please send us an email and let us know how that's going or but, send
3: us a photo of like your gaming setup That'd oh, yeah. kind of cool to see that'd be tight
2: so the first game that i definitely always have to mention is savage worlds savage worlds is something that i think could pull this off very well in fact dusty you played in a Savage Worlds game that was very much my yes. take on the throw a whole bunch
3: of recruits at, yes. a, at a
2: military force and to see who survives.
3: I I actually loved it. Yeah. It was great. I had a one of the the character that made it through the training. I know we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. It was the 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 yeti, the the white snow <laughs> yeti, and he was my favorite character out of that group that I made. And I was very happy to see him continue on. And the way I ran that game it
2: was like, here are your stats. You get a weapon. Mm -hmm. You get some armor, and that is your role. Your weapon determines what role you play. So I think he was the heavy, so he had, like, a grenade launcher or something.
3: I think it was more like a space Gatlin gun.
2: Yeah, yeah, something big. It was ridiculous. But we based that off of a very similar series of comics called The Alien Legion, which has a lot of similar themes And that very quickly in the comics, many people just die in brutal, horrible, painful ways. Okay. So I think Savage Worlds could pull it off. But again, Savage Worlds, generic system. I don't think it's perfect for it, but it will work. Rifts? Rifts could pull it off as well. Power armor versus arachnid? So much power armor, and they have... So many rules for arachnids. In fact, you could even do Robotech with the Invid. You could do yeah, all kind of really stuff. could. Yeah, <laughs> Rifts could pull it off, but I think personally, you'd run into the same problems that you would with BattleTech. Absolutely, you're throwing a whole lot of dice down, a whole lot of numbers, and it's going to take a long. And odds time. are, you don't
4: know anyone who plays. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's that's the the big flaw with that one, isn't it? Yeah. Now there is a Savage Worlds version of Rifts, but. I find that the Savage version of Rifts takes just as long to play as actual Rifts. And then you end up kind of losing the point of what you're, the whole Fast and Furious of Savage Worlds. Now, if you are into old school gaming or the retro clones that have been coming out over the last decade or so, things that basically look like D&D but aren't. There are a number out there. There's uh, Stars Without number is a game that I'm pretty fond of. And yeah, i
4: talked that one before.
2: Very simple space version of D&D, and it has two supplements that I would highly recommend. One is called Skyward Steel, which is the book about the space navy and how to run a space naval campaign. But then, more importantly, it has a supplement called Starvation Cheap, which is the book about ground pounders. That is 100% amazing book. It has details on military ranks. It has details on troop movements. If if you want to run a Stars Without Number or even something that's loosely D&D inspired, but your own version of it, Starvation Cheap is a great resource to look into if you are uh, really into like t- describing, ranking, and building out your military. That said, this movie... We didn't really see much of the military ranking beyond the immediate unit. None of the rest of that matter. You got your orders. You went out and you did a thing. So, this—if we're going to run a starship troopers kind of game, we probably don't care. No, who's the new
3: major or who's the colonel or who's giving no, the order? It's just as ground pounders, you're n- you're never going to see that person. There's so many people in between to to give the orders that it doesn't really matter at that point. Exactly.
2: Now there's another game that I apologize for not mentioning on our Aliens episode, because this is another D&D-like game called Stay Frosty. It is designed (laughs) to be the game if you want to play an old-school experience based on aliens and Starship Troopers. It's by a buddy of mine online named Casey Garsk. It's actually a pretty solid game. I don't have a copy of it here, but uh, maybe one day in the future we'll talk about it again Casey, I apologize. I totally spaced on the game during the Aliens episode, and then someone afterwards like, why didn't you mention that? And I feel really bad. Sorry. It's a cool game. It looks really cool. It's got some cool retro-style graphics, and, you know, stay frosty. Sounds good. Oh, 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 oh. And one that I just found out (laughs) about today. (laughs) I I forgot about it because uh, when I was watching this last night, I was thinking, man, I want to play this. I want to play this as Dungeon Crawl Classics.
3: Dungeon Crawl Classics is uh, one of my current favorite gaming systems. And
2: Dungeon Crawl Classics is the kind of game where you each make like six characters and then you sort of feed them to the dungeon mm, The grinder. And see who survives. Yeah. Yep. Well, in this, you just make six privates each and then you feed them to the bugs and see who comes out. And whoever survives gains a rank and suddenly uh, has six more people underneath them. And, and the churn continues ever onward. Well, there is a space version of it called Starcrawl that has a class called the Soldier, and you could totally pull that off. I just found it today. Uh, apparently, it was just released like a month ago. So that's probably why I haven't heard about it. But the game that I ultimately wanted to talk about is a game that was very specifically designed to be Starship Troopers, the role-playing game. Okay. What do we got? This game is called 316 carnage amongst the stars seems legit looks interesting so this game was published uh, i think in
3: 2005 it's a game by a fellow named gregor hutton can i can i go ahead and read the back of this yeah go ahead All right. this high octane science fiction role-playing game written by gregor hutton has your space troopers killing bugs all across the cosmos. You'll advance in rank, improve your weapons, slay civilization after civilization, and find out who you are through an innovative flashback game mechanic. Sounds pretty good. So it's a pretty
2: simple game that uses only D6s and D10s. Uh, it uses a small amount of them to do a large amount of damage. You are playing a small group who exist in a larger unit. So each of you makes a character. You have two stats, fighting mm-hmm. ability and non fighting ability. And then you decide, you spread 10 points between them. Whenever you want to do a thing in the game, you're either fighting or you're not fighting. And then you roll a d10. You want to get as high as you can under your relevant stat. So if you have a fighting ability of eight, you want to get an eight or less in your d10 roll. Right. The higher, the better. As long as it's under that number uh, character. Oh, yeah. You have <laughs> you have three states of health mm-hmm. or four states of health, not damaged, a mess, crippled, dead. Pretty basic. And you have a rank. Uh, you have a name. You have a basic reputation. And then you your rank. haha. So the rank is my favorite part. So it has a built in system of advancement. Throughout the game, through both character levels, where you gain experience that you put into your character abilities, you can increase your stats, you can modify your weapon to make it cooler, but you can also gain promotions. So every character in the game begins as either a trooper, a corporal, or the sergeant. Mm -hmm. So you're getting together, you're Mm -hmm. making your group, whoever ends up having the highest non-fighting ability is the sergeant. And then after them, whoever has the highest fighting ability is the corporal, and then everyone else is a trooper but death comes quickly in this game it's It's a grinder game it is based it is it uses a sort of what i call a wave template when you i saw that when i was flipping through it yeah you have these three ranges and you place each of your tokens uh, so each of you you know have a mini or uh a token or a penny or something to represent your character Mm -hmm. And you set it at close, near, or far based on an initial initiative roll for the encounter. Okay. And that's how close, near, or far you are to the aliens that are slowly killing you. And you add a lot of narrative description to the action, but essentially you're fighting waves upon waves of alien monsters.
3: Okay. Super simple. Yeah, it sounds like it. The
2: characters can die super easily yeah you can also do things like tactical positioning because your weapons will do different amounts of damage based upon where you are on this range table you can uh use what are called flashbacks to call upon your great strengths or your great weaknesses if you call upon your great strength which you can only do once per i think encounter or mission if you call up oh once per mission if you call upon your strength then you just win the encounter and you get the most kills. And you always want the most kills because only the person at the end of the mission who has the most kills gets to level. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you great. private, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but you can also use your weakness to voluntarily lose by removing your character from the encounter. But you also don't suffer any of the encounter's consequences. It's a strategic removal of your character to not suffer in a case where the end is near. It's pretty cool. You can also use other characters' weaknesses against them if you are the lowest-ranking person on the team. Oh, absolutely. You can call on anyone higher. You can call on their weakness to make them leave the scene. And so you gain all the glory kind of thing. Yeah, advantageous.
4: A game where you can fuck over the people sitting with you at the table. I, yeah. I, I
2: like it. <laughs> so I have a good friend, Gaston. He's listened to several other episodes, and he's participated in How him. often do you sing the song? I try not to, but it, it happens from time to time. <laughs> he was playing some of the Hammercroft games, and he's a big fan of 316. He introduced me to this game, and he has an interesting take on it that I want to read. Um, no one rolls like Gaston. I'm sorry, Gaston. <laughs> no one fights like Gaston. <laughs> he ran it for a and d group that was down a player, so no one had heard of it. And the game turned out to be a race to be the first one to realize it was a PvP game. Started writing rules for fighter pilots, asked Gregor for his thoughts, and he said he was about to put out a supplement that did that, so he stopped. Um, Thinks it's better even than dogs in the vineyard for open book in case of emergency type of gaming. It totally sold him on the idea of never writing backstories and that only things that happen at the table happen in the game. It explicitly forbids you from having a character story in mind before you play that is what sold me on the game. Like hmm. you sit down, you basically write what's your trait? I'm tough guy. Okay, what's your reputation? Wuss. How's that working out? We're going to find out.
4: The problem I have with games of this type and I'm going to going to try and say this eloquently enough so that it gets <clears throat> it gets through. Um you go to hell. You go to hell and you die. Is 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 not conceptualizing. It's that I think it's hard I I find it hard to play when my death doesn't matter to me i can agree with that like I, I find it hard to immerse myself into a make-believe world with not a lot of stuff you know when i haven't thought about what i'm carrying when i haven't thought about backstory like i i i honestly have trouble with that uh, because fair enough. Th- then yeah. it just seems like a board game to me
2: I feel that way sometimes when playing Dungeon Crawl Classics. As much as I love it, sometimes uh, you're playing and you have you start the game with four characters mm-hmm. and you, you have nothing honestly invested yeah think you you start to become fond of one of one or two of them you think i could i could see them lasting a while they're pretty good and then they die immediately and you're like well shit now i'm stuck with leonard and doug <laughs> and i hate them <laughs> but for some reason they're lucky bastards they nat 20 every role they're cursed they have uh they have seven fingers between them and they're going through various stages of insanity but I just can't kill them yeah you do lose investment at times a but lot. you can sometimes become attached to a character that's lucky as fuck and yeah. just keeps making Th- it through. i think
4: the problem i have is that i don't know that i can immerse that way you know and i i think that's that's what i look for when i'm uh, playing a tabletop is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking for that immersion. I'm looking for that world building. And the problem I have is that while there's a lot of clever things here, I, I just, I, I feel that it could also be done with monopoly and I just don't care that much about the shoe or why the shoe does what the shoe does and what the shoes feelings about the thimble are. Uh, just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I need, then this is me personally. I I need a certain amount to bother showing up. I get you. So you yeah. you want the singular avatar. I do. I and I yeah. he needs a noble death. Otherwise I've been playing him wrong. I don't think Starship Troopers is the right game for you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, a noble death. Come on. Well, I mean, if we were doing BattleTech, that that would be that would be different.
2: That's true, but BattleTech and Starship Troopers are very different.
4: Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying something with a uh Something where you're where you're figuring out there's a lot of stats. I and I think that's just me, that's indicative of me. Mm-hmm. That I, I, I need that to enjoy play. Fair
2: enough. Yeah. I get you. i I'm not always invested in some throwaway characters. Yeah. But in a game like this, I tend to be more invested in the mission itself and what we create. Yeah. The story and the fun times that
4: we tell later. Yeah. yeah. I, I I could see that. My problem is that even when I hit uh, go to like a a random generator and I go, I'm going to be playing a level one cleric. Make it, and I pressed a button, and (laughs) I always spend two and a half hours in the backstory box Mm -hmm. writing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, yeah. Um, That that I think I think that's just me, but um, yeah. This is the
2: style of gaming that I have come to be mostly into lately because i hate backstories it's
3: just it's quick it's on the fly it's as a you're, player you're, you're done and you're playing that's i think that's why yeah. you like it so much more
2: well as a gm i hate backstories because i forget them and i don't care about them uh whatever you bring to the table doesn't matter to me and as a player i hate coming hey, up that's with backstories
4: <laughs> <laughs> <This is> true. <laughs> whatever you bring to the table doesn't matter the backstory
2: that mysterious past that you have that dark secret nobody gives a shit in fact like dark secrets don't matter unless someone else knows and then it better to be it better be someone other than the gm
4: i just think that those are the things that inform you how you're going to play if you're with good players true
2: that's an option that is yeah. one way to do it definitely there's there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't work for me anymore i mean why does the dwarf freak
4: out every time he sees a goldfish why <laughs>
2: Well, my favorite dwarf that freaked out every time he saw a goldfish, he developed it entirely through play. He became, he he had no idea who his character was at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then over time he decided, my dwarf is superstitious, and then yeah. that superstition became shown in play, and then everyone remembered it, uh, and then uh, it became a defining trait of the character.
3: Unfortunately, in my experience, I haven't yeah. played with a lot of people that will go into that kind of detail with their characters and it's and it sucks and I, I know you guys can and will but coming back from you know all those years of playing vampire the masquerade there would be people that would do these intricate backgrounds like they would write basically like fan fiction novels of their character and then not do anything with anything like they would take yeah. every single flaw that they could all seven points in merits and flaws well, that's just a bad yeah player, and then never he's like you and and you had no idea what was anything that they were doing just because they never even let the the GM know that hey I have you know the superstitious trait I have you know dark secret I have yeah. this I have that. So it's it's nice when I actually sit down with players like you know like the two of you where hey I I'm I'm taking this flaw and then you see it actually get played in in real time. It's great to see and yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm not and I'm also I'm not trying to diss on this. This looks you know it looks oh, fun. I yeah. Um yeah. I just I think I've been working towards this thought through the last couple of podcasts. I've said similar things Mm -hmm, and uh, I just, I I, I feel that, that they're, they're, they're not for me. Honestly, I I think I need, I need something more with, with more depth to it. If I'm going to enjoy that, that setting, I think you would like fate. I do. I think I'm, I'm addicted to setting porn. You would like
3: fate? I think fate nothing wrong with create that.
2: the kind of characters that you want to play. And I so wish tell me I, about fate. I wish I liked fate <laughs> because that would mean I could tell you about it, but I don't, and I don't I, want to disparage. I, a game. I, I can do it with second yeah.
4: edition. I can do it with any game. Yeah. I just there has to be a spot for it, basically. You know, yeah. any of the classic games because there's a lot of new games. It's it's interesting what's what's happened to the industry lately, um, especially since the advent of affordable indie publishing mm-hmm. or self-publishing that could didn't talk for you, a long time that didn't that. used to be a thing
2: yeah um, you used to have to order pallets of books yeah pre-printed if you wanted to do indie and then sit on these thousands mm-hmm. of books in your There's garage a huge investment or find a distribution house like ipr or any of those places to get re- to channel them for you now yeah. You just have to have a PDF, and yeah. you send it to a print-on-demand service like Lightning Source or DriveThruRPG, RPG, and suddenly your book is now distributed worldwide. Yeah, on demand.
4: Now, I I like what that does to the creativity of it, but I feel that a lot of people are are making these these pickups, like um, like your indie uh Moto Bushido, that had a lot more storytelling than something like this. Moto is really in-depth. I don't yeah. think
2: I have quite given this game justice because there's a lot of depth into this game. I've mainly wanted to talk about the actual bug fighting and all of that. There, there's a lot more to it, but that's the combat. The combat yeah. resolution mechanic is what I was talking about. This can, even with a very simple set of numbers, your characters can be deep. In fact, this game advertises elegant, simple game system. Very low preparation to start. Complete game in one book and designed for campaign play, right? But I, I get what you're saying. It's you. You want a different
4: kind of story. I can still remember years long characters yeah. that I've played, and honestly, I don't remember a single one of those Hammer Crawl ones that I played <laughs> in Wagon God. <laughs> <Con. laughs> but they're not designed for that, and I understand yeah. that. But the point is that I've, I never got that visceral connection to to any of it. While the event was fun, you know it.
2: Well, I think that was something like Starship Troopers. You're not really supposed to get that connection. But you want
4: to be Rico, not Grunt Seven. Yeah, that's why. That's why you'd play it. But you got to earn it.
2: Yeah. And how many people died when Rico did it? Like we can't all be Rico. There have to be sacrifices. Yeah. So it has to be a high deadliness. Otherwise, it's not Starship Troopers. Like, yeah. If your character is destined to be Rico, then just go play Pathfinder. Predestine your character from the beginning and just, you know, allow for no variation in your Calvinistic life plan. <laughs> oh, Pathfinder.
4: Tell us how you feel about <laughs> that, Nathaniel.
2: I, I do get you, though. It's it's hard to play a campaign with disposable characters.
4: Yeah. And that's, honestly, that, that's what I, what I, what I what I crave from it is is a, a campaign, you know, months and months of play, not a not an afternoon.
2: Now, a lot of these I, indie I, games, I
4: prefer a long campaign.
2: A lot of these indie games, what they do is they pick a theme and they take inspiration from it and they try to do their best to laser focus on that theme. Yeah, like
4: kids on bikes. Kids on bikes is a great example. Of that is a good That
2: is a great one on that theme. What was the other one that we did for it? Little fears, but again, it laser not focuses that. on a certain theme. They all do. Feng shui too. Laser focuses. I fucking hate little fears. And three sixteen. I respect it, but I fucking hate it. Three sixteen laser focuses on expendable hordes of space marines thrown against waves and waves of bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there is something cool about that. Personally, I don't necessarily agree with its statement that it's built for campaign play. This to me is the ultimate one shot.
4: I, I flipped through it and I'm a I'm a speed reader, so I picked up a bunch of it. Yeah, it,
3: it didn't it didn't feel like it. It it felt like uh hammer crawl in space to me. <laughs> hammer crawl in space one of, the, one of the quotes on the back is the setting out Verhoven's Verhoven.
2: Yeah. For
3: him. <laughs> I Yeah.
4: I don't think we're gonna find something that we can all agree with on this one. Yeah. No, I, I like what you brought yeah. to the table yeah. and it does it, sound like it's designed for it.
3: But it, it definitely is a is a afternoon and that's where where you where you cut it. Yeah. You're playing from twelve o'clock in the afternoon until maybe ten o'clock at night and, and then you're done. Because Tommy couldn't make it to the session and his character was, you know, integral to the plot. Yeah. So, oh, hey, let's just pull this off the shelf. Yeah.
2: Some of the players didn't show up, so you yep. pull out a one shot. And that's fine.
3: Like this. We've, all, we've yeah. all gone through that. Well, looks like it was uh, Starship <laughs>
2: Troopers and 316. 316 mm-hmm. among the stars for a one shot. If you want to run something
4: longer, pick something with a little bit more grit to it. Like rifts. Like rifts. <laughs> Always turn to Palladium for grit. <laughs> That's not true, actually. Palladium's kind of fluffy. You know, it is. It is really fluffy. Yeah. And a lot of people
2: don't recognize that.
4: Some of it isn't. Like, uh, if you're looking for an actual city, uh, fascist state, feel free to check out the, the uh, what is it, the Coalition? The Coalition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. an actual fascist Well, imagine if the state. Coalition went to space. And there you have Starship Troopers.
2: No,
3: no. <laughs> no, you don't.
4: There's no one. <laughs> no. So we got our uh, our our first uh, Patreon. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, Sylvia Stratton. 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 Thank you, Sylvia. <laughs> you got me so close to a pizza I can taste it. I get <laughs> I, I get a pizza in two and a half months. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're saving up those dollars yeah. to get that pizza yeah patreon is
2: live now we've had it for a couple of weeks we've got a patron uh we've got some content up there
4: as well some patreon only content Patreon mm-hmm.
2: only stuff that if you want you can throw us five bucks and you can have access to everything yeah. also uh, starting with this episode this very episode I'm going to be releasing our content a week early to patrons.
3: Po-po-po-pum. Oh, really? So
2: they want to get an advance listen to All things. right. This
4: is the one. Yeah. This, this is actually an amazing time because this is where one person, one person. gets mm-hmm. to see it early. Yeah. So Thank congrats you, to you, Sylvia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this episode
4: is just for you. Can, can we say it all husky and stuff? Ready? On three, two, one, this episode is just for you. This episode this is just, episode just for you. you. I'm not sure if that was arousing or creepy. <laughs>
3: I'm scared It's, it's a little odd because Sylvia's like a really good friend of mine. So it's just like. <laughs> a really have good a, friend would
4: understand. If you, you cool. want to. No, no. She's, she, yeah, she'll she Let's not go too much into it no about what she is or who she is on the, If on you are internet. also
2: interested in optional ways to throw us some bones, we also have a tip jar on our Pinecast feed. Pinecast is our audio host. Uh, if you want to. So another way to access the bonus content, uh, throw some tips over to Pinecast. It doesn't include all of the extra features that Patreon does, but for three bucks a month, you can access all of the bonus releases. You don't get the cool discord and you don't get the, uh, the early release and whatnot. But hey, you know, it's the alternate content and it's just another way to support us. If it's Matthew swearing and screaming. <laughs> uh, if you want to see Matthew eat a pizza or if you want to hear him eat a pizza, we can make that happen.
3: That just sounded And I've so... also
2: finally started putting all of our episodes up oh. on
4: YouTube in full length. Oh. If you want to listen to us there, that's now a new option. And just to reiterate, the podcast itself will never be behind a paywall. We will always no. put this out for free.
2: Always. Yeah. It's just the bonus content. Yeah. Yep. You, you want to hear me if you want to hear like some of our man. rants and our side content <laughs> and our uh, extended alternate cuts and sometimes we might put up a special lost episode like is in the feed
4: now oh yeah. for patrons all right well thank you so much for listening everyone i was matthew and i'm dusty and i'm nathaniel and we'll see you in two weeks
1: thanks for listening to another episode of our show we're still pretty new to the seed and we'd love to get your feedback If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes with your thoughts. Good or bad, they really help us get the word out. If you want to say hello, drop us a line on all of the usual social media sites. You can find the links right there in the show notes. You can also leave us a comment on our website at havemovieswillgame.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Have Movies Will Game is a Breakfast Puppies podcast production and our episodes are distributed under CC BYND 4.0 license. Our opening theme is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids with introductory narration provided by Isaac Scher. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.